It's about mindset, it's about entrepreneurship, and it's about career growth. Whatever we consume on a daily basis will mm. definitely influence us. It felt so amazing that there just wasn't any going back. I couldn't give myself plan B. It has to be commit to plan A. In a while, huh? Yeah. Oh, really? Am I your like, first guest? Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Creator Sessions. Uh, guys, thanks for coming in. I think this is going to be a bit more intimate. We've got John and Shauna from the production team. We work uh, a lot together. And, and uh, yeah, nice to have you guys on, uh, on the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, so I, I think, you know, today we wanted to kind of dive a little bit, probably just talk a little bit about the evolution that's been happening in the industry. There's, there's been a lot of things that are changing, a lot of new technologies. Um, and perhaps a lot of people, people might have feel like they're, things are changing so fast that they might be left behind a little bit. There's, of course, the AI tools that have been coming out. Uh, storyboards have been super easy to create with Midjourney and so many different platforms. To start with, how do you guys have seen already within the business and from your point of view, the evolution of those tools integrating within our business as a production company? I think the big integration that we're seeing already is uh, from the creative point of view, from yeah. the developing ideas, um, getting people to buy into the concept, to engage with what we want to make. Ultimately, that brand, that partner, that client needs to say, yes, this is going to say what I need to say. This is going to talk to the audience that we, we want to talk to. And now with the, the visual capacity of the likes of Midjourney, with the copywriting capacity of, of ChatGBT, you know, directors and, and content makers are able to bring that visual to life before we start pointing cameras and, and actually get on set so they can get that buy-in and get that investment from, from the stakeholders. And we've never been in a stronger position than we are now to, to bring that visuals to life. Agreed. And I think the, the beauty part of it is it's not just about bringing those frames to life, but in the way that the textures and, and you can go so in so much detail, even to like position of the sun, the shadows, and that's something that we couldn't really capture too much when it comes to sketching out a storyboard. So you're, you're getting a very much, you know, I want to say pretty accurate representation of what you have in mind and what you're trying to like produce on set. And you could make it as accurate as possible if you invest the time in it, which then really eliminates any kind of guesswork when it comes to what the clients or what the, what the product will look like towards the end, because you could make it look very much the way that you want it to look after, after you've already shot the, the piece as well, which I think is, is beautiful. And that leads into post-production as well. Um, when you do get into post-production after filming, there's so many um, platforms now that help in terms of speeding up the, the color grading process. If someone's, you know, there's a there's the capability out there. If someone's closed their eyes in a shot, you can actually program it to have their eyes open. You've got simpler things like the the voice AI so if you need a narrative yeah. putting on a, a video you've got that voice AI that you can choose your accent your age your gender rather than that would generate a voice for you exactly yeah. and I think I guess copyrights and 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 questioning what's real and what's not is going to be something that's going to trickle down the industry as well because it is you know there's a flood really it's like these gates have been opened and there's just a, a lot of content being produced by so many people now you don't need to be per se, a content creator, you just need to be interested in technology and know how to prompt, you know, then, yeah. and, and that's where we start finding like new positions opening up in the market, like a prompt engineer. What's a prompt engineer? Or like, you know, somebody who can really communicate with these platforms and get the best out of them. AI experts. Exactly. Yeah. And that didn't even exist last year. It's a new skill set for sure. It's, 
It also shows the importance of the human element, though. Anyone who's still, who, who is thinking AI is going to take over the world and, and we're not required anymore, even circling back to, to your, you talking about creating the visuals in a very specific sense, that comes from your own creativity, your own perception, your own vision. When you start talking about the lens you'd like to use on this shot, the lighting, the mood, that is going to take different prompts yeah. to, to what someone else would enter. So, yes, there is an AI engine or, or a visualizer creating the, the, the image, yeah. but ultimately the inputs are still from you, the human. And, and, and for now, anyway, the humans are going away. Yeah. It's really important that, that it, AI, in my opinion, is an enhancement of what we can do. It's not a replacement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what we should be doing, I think, is, is ha figuring out how best to incorporate it into our workflows and how best we use it to enhance the work we're doing. Correct. Let's talk a little bit about that misconception because I feel like a lot of maybe creatives and people in the industry, you know, we've heard it so many times. The first thing is like, okay, here's another technology that might be taking our jobs. And to be fair, when you look at storyboard artists, for example, they got affected the most. They probably are out of, out of business in a sense, right? Um, but two aspects to this is, what do you guys feel is a prerequisite for people to be able to stay up to date with the new technologies that are out there. And especially, let's imagine somebody who spent 10 years of their life learning how to animate, and now there are tools that you can just prompt it and animations happen in, in 10 minutes. That used to take people like 10 days maybe to, oh. to create. And I feel like it's a bit of a mindset shift that everybody needs to start adopting, which is we need to go back to being students and you know just being open to like learn new technologies. But in your sort of point of view, how do you feel, what are the, the main key learnings that people need to start adopting in their day today to stay up to date? It's a good question. I think that firstly, I don't think anyone should feel that the learnings they have, the 10 years experience they have as an animator has now gone to waste. I think that if they take on board now the new technologies, that knowledge is going to allow them to manipulate and craft what they need now from the new technology in, in a, perhaps a better way. They'll understand the capabilities and the nuances of the prompts and the requests and, and the way to interact with the new platforms. So I think that's important. Even the 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 the, um, the sketch artist who's, who's storyboarding, mm. you know, for me, the smartest ones will be very quick to adopt the mid journeys, et cetera, because it still takes time. Productivity, right? It used to take you, for example, like a day to do 10 frames. Now you can have, 10 clients and, and do 100 frames a day. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's still a task that go, that normally is outsourced and is, you know, the, the producers and the content makers, that they still need to, to have that task completed. So those storyboard artists can turn that out in a day yeah. and have multiple clients. And, and, you know, that's an opportunity rather than a, a negative. 100%. And I would say, you know, if, if you are a storyboard artist that used to just do still imagery, for example, now it's a good time for you to start animating your frame which you couldn't do before. So now you're offering a lot more than just, here's a still frame that's sketched in black and white. Now you, you know, you, you, you're not an animator, but you could animate your frame. So looking at it as an opportunity is, that change in mindset is, is, is key for me, I think, because a lot of people look at something and, and it's the immediate response is, oh, you know, here's a new thing. It's gonna take away my, my market share or the way that I, I, I offer my services to the market. But in reality, how can you use those to upgrade your offering? Yeah. I think with any job, the, the key thing is you should never stop learning. You should never stop expanding your skill set and exploring new things. And you might have 10 years experience, but there's still so much more to learn and there's still 10 years to go kind of thing. So just keep learning, keep exploring. If there's new um, 
things coming in, it's like, okay, this is new. What can I do with it? How far can I take it? Always, I think, and especially for the industry professionals, always try and be one step ahead. Like what's coming next? Because if I'm a professional in that, then people would need me and my knowledge when that comes into effect and it becomes popular. Yeah. I think that the it's the tip of the iceberg. Yes. That, that's key. So getting on board now means you're going to be able to stay abreast of what's coming because there's been things in the past like like the metaverse recently which you know was a big flash in the pan but it's still relevant i don't think it's gone away but certainly the buzz and the hype was huge this i think is a little bit different um you know it's like the internet again i don't think we all we all believe this isn't going away in one way shape or form so get on board and and, and don't have don't have a big task on your hands later on trying to catch up. Get on board now um, because it, it, it literally has only been a few months. Yeah, and it what? can make your life easier and it could provide you the opportunities as well. We've seen so many businesses being spun off from ChatGPT, um, using, for example, Luna or using another generative, image generative AIs. So there's the opportunities are, are massive to create something and let it run by itself, which you know wasn't possible 10 years ago. So I think it's it's super important. And it just takes one product, one new product in the market to completely change the way that people absorb content and and change the way that content needs to be created with the new glasses coming out. Mm. We don't know what that's going to have, but we know it's going to change the way that people So which look. glasses are they? I think Apple. the Apple ones, yeah. Nice. We were at um, an event the other day and he was saying that this is really going to change the way that in the future. augmented nice. reality Um so it takes one product like that. And we know with Apple, with the past history, those products come in and it completely changes the way even you create content. I mean, you've got iPhones now that shoot cinematic quality that stabilize. Like, yeah. It's incredible. So just do, doing your research on that and understanding what's coming will help you better prepare for the future. Agreed. Um, you know, a funny thing I was thinking about yesterday or, or a couple of days ago is a simple app that's been recently created to create captions, for example. Let's think of the task and the time that editors used to take to just do subtitles and captions. And now literally on my phone, I've got a couple of apps that just can create it in different styles, highlight keywords for you based on like, you know, AI recommendations. And in a, in a sense, it's a new opportunity for creators to think of these gaps and how can you use those tools to create offerings that make life easier for people yeah. and for creators. So I think the beautiful part there is the innovative part, the innovation aspect of it. And, you know, once you kind of change your mindset, to the from the victim to the creator, then it starts opening up a lot of new possibilities, and it's 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 just amazing to see. I'm like, this used to take people like a, a day at least of work to animate, to highlight things, to at least a couple of hours. But now, literally in a couple of minutes, a one minute video is done, and you could you know create it in so many different styles. So it's super beautiful to see. And back to your point, I think as soon as we get that one piece of of equipment or tech that allows people to integrate with technology in a different way, then the you know then that sort of, everyone's going to have a phone almost. You know, yeah. like no, nobody used to have a phone and now it's so accessible, glasses could be the next thing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, the, the, the metaverse world, or even an augmented version of our, of our world would, would uh, operate. I think they go hand in hand. I think we, there's been some brands, we remember Google Glass, you know, it came out, they've, they've tried to get ahead of the curve and, and, and seize that first move initiative. Meta did it with the Quest and now the Quest 2 is out. That's a really powerful piece of kit, but yeah. but we're not yet at a point where everyone wants to wear those types of big goggles and yeah. interact with them. 
Apple's version is meant to be far more slick and streamlined. And I think that with the AI advances mean that collectively there's going to be then content developed for that type of platform. So suddenly AR and VR, I think is, is, is exactly, it's going to be far more relevant and, and prevalent in terms of the type of content we make. We've, we've spoke to um, Anthony Geffen who, who talked about the, the experiences in AR and how they don't negate the real experiences. In fact, they enhance them. They, they allow people to have touch points at home, you know, create a jungle and dinosaurs and, and creatures yeah. on their desk. It doesn't stop them wanting to then go to the Natural History Museum. In fact, that it increases the, the, the amount of people who want to go and see that then in, in real life. So I think content, the direction of content creation could shift in the next year using AI, but also using the AR or VR technologies that are about to come out. 100%. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think, uh, you know, the way that we can we can imagine that augmentation happening is 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 really enhancing the experience. It's enhancing our, our human experience, whether you're going to a concert and all of a sudden now the stage is coming to life, whether you're going to a fashion show and now you could actually select the, the item and buy it straight away. So it just allows for, you know, new possibilities to unfold, which is uh, which is going to be important for creators to keep an eye on and experiment with. Because like I said, sometimes it becomes a little bit too late. So the earlier you start adopting technologies and understanding how could you create for, let's say, an, an, an AR um, platform, you know, well, what, does that what does that entail? Is it the tracking element? Is it the animation element? So get get familiar with them because as soon as they come, and they will come pretty quickly, you know, then then the need for that in the market becomes very, uh, very obvious as well. But let's take it back to the creative. You know, we're all in the creative industry and we like to make pretty things, right? Like anything that looks good is is, is usually the nice, flashy sort of element that we try to, to try to create. But if we try to take a step back and, and, and which we've been doing in, in the agency as well is to validate the creative, to, to come up with an intelligent creative for our campaigns. Um, how do you see that unfolding with the new AI technologies or, or even without um, the link between having a, a justified creative that allows the client to see the ROI clearly when it comes to the execution part and also, you know, distribution of that, uh, of that piece? Think. We just touched on it a bit there with a the fashion example and, and it's, it's trying to take the insights. If we know there's an audience for it, you start building and thinking about content in a way that does it facilitate the, the need? So are we, we, we need to take data. That's important. I think that cool ideas will always be cool, but let's make sure that the cool idea is relevant to the audience and, and, and the people we want to talk to. Um, and that data then gives you the insight to, to give direction to the to, to where your idea is going. I think that if we can assess who's looking at this piece, who, who's looking at this brand and what do they typically do? What are their interests? What do they like to get involved with? What other brands do they like? Yeah. I think that then gives you confidence in your creative. So we all believe in our idea, yeah. but yeah. it's far more compelling to talk about that idea, to present it, pitch it, and just when it's and justify it yeah. when it's on the back of something firm and concrete that that can't be disputed you remove an element of subjectivity yeah. by basing that concept and creative on a insight but then the subjectivity does come from your own idea but then that's 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 the enjoyment of the job right so if we if it's the bedrock is is good insight then the idea can flourish and i think it's also about where and how that content is going to be absorbed like uh, you, 
a lot more now with our, within our creatives. You've got your hero campaign idea. In the beginning, previously, we used to create cutdowns and trailers from the hero video. That's shifting now because shorts and short form content is a lot more popular and absorbed. You've got the YouTube shorts that are, are very popular now. So now in within the creative concept stage, we're crafting content specifically for those platforms before we go to shoot rather than having it as an afterthought. True. And I, I still, you know, we still see that. Unfortunately, with, with the bigger sets, for example, and, and the bigger sort of productions, it's still, in a sense, sometimes, it's still mainly about that big hero piece. And they're not producing for the smaller cutdowns first. And, and the way I see this is, you know, the smaller uh, pieces of content, the vertical content, whether it lives on Reels or, 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 or YouTube uh, shorts, it's your massive net that's yeah. going to allow for people to come and watch your, you know, elaborate two-minute, three-minute video. So if you don't if you don't have those hooks that interest people to come and watch your big piece, then you're kind of just pushing more money on your on your main asset, hoping for people to convert. And there's an organic machine that can serve you if you're playing with the organic machine, right? Which is then leveraging those vertical videos. But then understanding that you can't just create a cut down from your main piece, you've got to engage with that audience in a different way because the way that they're engaging with the content is different. You know, their thumb is on the on the screen. So like literally these guys are watching this piece like this. They're not watching it like this, like they're ready to go. So And it's that it's that viral factor as well. Like viral videos when think when you hear about things going viral now, it goes viral from those phone apps, yeah. from the reels, from the TikToks, from yeah. The, the shorts and even if we think about it when was the last time somebody shared on their on our personal pages or we were our friends for example a 10 minute video on their on their stories yeah. they would share a reel because it's you know quick it engages people it delivers a message but i don't see many people sharing like a te- hey go watch this 10 minute yeah it could be if it was an amazing documentary yes but like on the day today everyone's sharing reels a lot more than you know like long-form content so it doesn't negate the the, the importance of long-form content but i feel like the short form is where people get interested and then convert to them. Yeah. And if and exactly and if I think for brands, if you only focus on the short on the short form and and don't deliver long form, that's gonna be a shallow engagement with, with the audience. It's almost just like provide you know, giving people sweets and there's no main course. You know, it's like it, we're we're just kinda like here here's some here's some, yeah, here's some appetizers, but we don't have a main course really. So <laughs> So yeah. It's true, that user journey, everyone's obsessed with snackable content yeah. and the same analogy, you need to give them a meal as well, it's, yeah. it's, it's true. The most innovative brands are and should be thinking about dedicated content for platforms that resonate with the audience on those platforms. Yeah. Going back to your point, the thumbs on the screen, but you know, I think the numbers say about 40% of people are doing that while watching TV as well. So you're competing with two screens yeah. and their thumb on one of them. Yeah. So that's how ready they are to move on. Yeah. So it, you, you have to create that quick, um, appetizing, snackable content that gets their attention, but in a way that generates interest and then gets them on the journey and says, I'd like to know more about that Correct. and and take them on that that, that route to, to the longer form where you can really hit home with your messaging and, and, and the power of that. Yeah, 100%. You know, the one thing I, th- I found sometimes to be valuable as well is, is as creatives and creators, we 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 get hit with a block, right? It's easy. It's not easy. It's 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 natural. It's part of the process. Sometimes you are not so inspired, and sometimes the floodgates are open, and and, and ideas are coming through. And the then the use of of technologies like ChatGPT or 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 anything else, really, from a visual aspect, 
is very helpful to try and use those platforms as almost like a, um, a brainstorm buddy, if you want. But what we see quite often is people just take those ideas the way they are and they don't add their personal spin on it. And then it becomes stale. It just becomes like, you know, you can see through it almost. Um, and we, we've had that experience as well. So I think as, as creatives, it's important to use the tools to get inspired, but don't forget to put your own flavor on it. Yeah. Because otherwise you're, you're not doing anything. Yeah. That's what makes it different. And that what, that's what keeps it interesting is your own creative. And exactly. hundred percent. It needs to be your work, you know, and, yeah. and if your imprint on it isn't there, then you know, why are we doing it? You know, yeah. you can still be proud of something, even if uh, an AI platform like ChatGPT has helped craft the language, because you can ask it for that. That's what's cool, right? You know, the first generate, the first response looks like this. And then you can say, can we say it more like this? Can we take this this tone? Can we aim it more at nine-year-olds? Can we, you know, th there's opportunity there to shift the, the response yeah. and take a sentence of it and ask it to reword it. Yeah. Add some more dialogue. Let's get these people talking to each other. So let's talk about your experience with that because I know that you've created a, a kid's book with, uh, with your daughter. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it that was, journey. It was brilliant. Uh, you know, it, First of all, John is not a writer. I'm not <laughs> far, far from. I was about to become a published author. Yeah, I was Amazon link in, in, the, in the description. Yeah. Um, no, I just said, look, let's. She, my daughter's nine. My oldest daughter's nine. And I said, let's write a book. And she was, couldn't believe I was asking yeah. this question. And I said, okay, just come up with an idea. As you would expect, a, a, a sweet nine-year-old came up with unicorns and rainbows in a in a world full of sweets and candy. Candy, yeah, <laughs> sounds and, and and you you input that into ChatGPT. You know, let's write a book about a young girl living da 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 da. We call her Rosie. Where she's from, uh, her parents live in London, etc., nice. etc. Yeah. And then before you know it, there's a whole story about her going to sleep, dreaming of this world with trees, with cotton candy branches and things and. Yeah. and River, rainbow rivers of, of sweets. And we then took it a step further where, and, and like I said, we, we really challenged it. And I said, well, let's make sure this is good for kids. So let's write it so it's suitable for a six-year-old. Let's have some dialogue between our main protagonist, Rosie, and the unicorn she's just met. And that's a human element that we were talking about. And this is it. And then before you know it, that, but so we're getting responses about the conversation they're having about the king that lives on top of the mountain. And, you know, my daughter's eyes are, are, are widening with every response. And she's like, this is amazing. And I think the beauty there also is, is, is the fact that you've just allowed her to really open up her mind about what could be possible to create at that age. You know, like I remember when I was nine, I was probably just kicking a ball on the street, but like, but like at that age to, to, to be aware of the possibilities of, of creativity and creation is, is beautiful. And it was really nice to see, yeah. the, to see the, the opportunity sort of, it sort of unfold itself in front of her eyes. And then we went to mid journey and then she starts putting in prompts about young girl, rainbow river and things like that. And you can imagine what it produced. So when is the work wow. coming up? <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> We'll link it, we'll link it to the audience. But no, I think it's it's honestly like a beautiful way to uh, start planting the seeds with the younger generation to to, to the possibilities of, of uh, you know, the technology and integrating with technology as well. Start helping them grow their imagination. Yeah. I think something that, especially with kids now, you're so scared about them getting lost in like tablets and yeah. YouTube and all of this. I think that's a really fun way for them to kind of take some a seed and and like you said that imagination grows into something yeah. bigger and bigger and as they get older um it can help 
craft their kind of like career path. And I could only imagine her at some point going back to school with her friends and saying, look what I just created, right? So I think that proud moment as well to, to, some, to a creative act that she's created something becomes a very nice, uh, uh, yeah, a very nice intention and wave to, to start. So it's the world they're going to live in, right? You know, we have to kind of embrace it and give them exposure to it now. And, and this was a nice way to do that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so I think in closing, what, what are the platforms and sources that we want to recommend for our listeners to stay up to date, to stay open-minded and to integrate new tools and technologies in their day to day? There's so many. I think my advice would be to try to find good aggregators. Um, Eluna.ai is one I look at. Um, and he, they seem to pull a lot together. So there's regular posts on Instagram, et cetera, that just talks about this new technology, this new platform can help you with audio, can help you with coloring, et cetera. Um, because it's moving so fast to try and keep track of every single one is hard. So an aggregator like that would be my advice for sure. And I would say even because there's so many different niches that, that, you know, AI caters to. So if you are an, an engineer, for example, I'm sure there's, what we're looking at is completely different than what an engineer would look at. If, uh, if you are a colorist and animator, there's an entire sort of like spectrum of, of tools and, and softwares that will help you there as well. Uh, but the beautiful thing is we've also started seeing established softwares like uh, DaVinci Resolve and, you know, other editing suites that start integrating AI tools within them. So, you know, it's it's truly getting integrated everywhere. But I agree, I think an aggregator is a good place to start. And I think also getting involved in that creator kind of community more and more now that we see there's workshops on this AI platform yeah. and there's workshops on that. And I think going to those workshops, meeting other creatives and, and just... Being involved in that community yeah. really helps you explore the different apps and different ways that people yeah. are working and using things. And my recommendation would be to get on Discord because a lot of the, uh, you know, the new releases will start on Discord and, and then you get first access to them before even, you know, the public. I mean, MidJourney is still using it off Discord, right? So get on, I get on Discord to be able to truly have a hand on the pulse in terms of what's what's happening in the industry. Guys, thanks for spending the morning. I hope uh, the listeners have uh, enjoyed this conversation. There's a lot of gems and a lot of takeaways. Until the next one, see you soon.